The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes Looking hard but won't realize That they will never see the pee Oh man Yes, sir. It's draft week, baby. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland, the podcast. I am your host, Brad Ward. Excited to bring you a draft week special edition. Going to get into it with our very special guest, L.A. Broadus of Three Point Conversion. The Three Point Conversion. Talk all about the Browns, what's going to happen with the draft, the NFL Virtual Draft 2020. The future is here. You start getting excited. Yes, sir. We are back and in full effect here on All Eyes on Cleveland, the podcast. You can catch all of our shows where all popular podcasts are found, including iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, Radio.com, and Google Play will be published tomorrow morning on USA Today. Sports media groups, thebrownswire.com, where I write, wrote an article this week about silly season after the the uh, Odell Beckham trade rumors with the Vikings. Uh, just a sign that silly season has begun. Uh, and we talk a little bit about Mike Freeman, uh, who came out and said that Odell Beckham, uh, despite these, rumor, these rumors being uh, debunked, uh, will be traded in the future. Uh, but semantics, my friends, because the future... Uh, I don't believe is this year. Certainly down the line, two wide receivers, $14 million. You could see maybe uh, him on the move, but I fully expect him to be a part of the Browns this season. Excited to bring you tonight's episode. Special guest, L.A. Broadus of the three-point conversion. He covers the Akron Zips, the Cleveland Cavs, and the Cleveland Browns. We're going to get into everything uh, dealing with the Browns draft. He is uh, a great interview. Had a great time with him here talking everything uh, that we can expect. Uh, NFL virtual draft uh, mock run through today. Uh, had some problems, I guess. Uh, not enough bandwidth. <laughs> uh, so uh, many communication problems, uh, says Di- Diana Rossini, uh, and we'll talk about that in the interview as well. I don't want to waste your time on any of this, but I've got some interesting stuff for after the interview, so stick around, listen to that. But before we uh, do anything else, let's get to uh, my interview with L.A. Broadus of The Three Point Conversion, good friend of mine on social media, great talent talent and uh, an excellent interview hope you enjoy and today on all eyes on cleveland the podcast we welcome to the show uh 
fan. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, his work um, and uh, have uh, followed him on social media for a long time and uh, excited to have him on the show to talk Browns here before our NFL virtual draft. But we welcome special guest L.A. Broadus. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at L.A. underscore Broadus. And he is a sports reporter covering the Akron Dips, Cleveland Cavs, and of course the Cleveland Browns for the three-point conversion. How are we doing today, L.A.? Doing well. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, lots going on here. Draft week, fun times. Uh, a little bit different uh, of, uh, you know, a draft week. We are not really used to all this stuff, uh, and we'll get into a little bit of that here uh, with the virtual draft. But uh, how is your quarantine going, sir? Uh, it started off a little rocky. Um, I have some people in my family, you know, close that, you know, are extremely high at risk and then um, also had a had a death. So, you know, um, you know, it, this whole thing kind of humbled me a lot. I mean, I'm a homebody naturally anyway, so it didn't really affect me as far as my day to day. But, uh, you know, when when things happen and, you know, say you have to watch funerals virtually now and you can't be in commune with family and different things like that. Uh, it actually opened up my eyes a lot and, you know, and brought things home and, and, and to reality. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that LA. That's, that's, uh, uh, tough. Um, and, uh, I apologize. And, uh, you know, thoughts go out to you and your family for sure. No, I appreciate that, man. But, you know, like I said, you know, life happens and, you know, if it, there's anything that I can say to the people that's listening to our voices today is just, you know, hold your family close, you know, take this thing seriously, uh, you know, practice everything that you can as far as, you know, washing your hands and staying at home and being safe. Uh, but also, you know, it's not a joke, you know, it's not a laughing matter. Um, we've never seen anything like this in our lifetimes. And, uh, you know, you have to take it seriously. It's not a joke. No question. No question. Well said, sir. Well said. Um, so, uh, our thoughts will be with you and, uh, I, you know, I echo your sentiments to everybody out there to take it seriously, uh, and stay safe, uh, enjoy the time with your family if you can. So, uh, for sure. Um, here today on All Eyes on Cleveland, we're going to kind of focus on the, uh, Brown draft coming up on Thursday night. Obviously a big deal, a lot going on here. Let me, uh, start with this with you, L.A., um, impressions of Stefanski and Andrew Barry so far? I, okay, so, you know, <laughs> we've been, you know, I've been a Browns fan for a long time before I started covering the team as a reporter. Uh, so, you know, we've seen a lot of ups and downs when it comes to this team, and we've had that false hope, um, as you will, when it comes to the Browns. So, you know, especially this last decade, I haven't tried to get my hopes too high for anything. Yeah. But I will say when it comes to this regime that there's a couple of things that I'm going to throw out there. You know, they're they're transparent. They're all on the same page. And, um, you know, just like I said on my show uh, last week, I said if you were to close your eyes and listen to Andrew Berry talk, Kevin Stefanski talk, and, and, and even Paul D. Podesta, if you close your eyes, you really can't tell who's talking. And yeah. I like that because they seem like the same person. They're all on the same page. And um, what they say that they're going to do, it seems like they're doing. I, I know it's only a small sample size, but they are really, really 
proving that they they are serious, they're calculated, and, and they're going to do what they say they're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. They they have, uh, you know, they they just sound different. You know, after listening to Hugh Jackson and after listening to Freddie, you know, they just sound like grown-ups in the room. They sound organized. They sound sophisticated. They don't answer questions that they don't have to answer. You know what I mean? And that's what, what you really want out of your top men, you know? Absolutely. I mean, the most impressive thing, um, you know, is just how how they're handling, you know, the rumors and, mm-hmm. you know, how they're handling, you know, th- this draft coming up and everything. They are really, really just – it just seems like a it's – so, it's so different. It's, like, refreshing where – they're they're men on a mission, and they're but they they're not telling you that they're on a mission. They're not pounding their chest. They're not trying to be the loudest guy in the room. They're not trying to, you know, as we've seen with Hugh Jackson, how he had to say, "I am the head coach." Mm-hmm. We, they, they don't need to do that. You know, they're not trying to fight for any kind of power. Um, you know, even though I did like John Dorsey, even John Dorsey had a way that he carried himself where you know he just felt like he was the savant of, of football and. Nobody could touch him, and he just was that guy, uh, which isn't necessarily bad, but it became bad when he made that decision for Freddie Kitchens when we all kind of seen what was coming in advance. But, you know, he, he, he fell on his sword. You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So that's eventually what happened. But with this group here, it, I kind of feel like if they make a mistake, they will admit that they made a mistake it'll be transparent, they'll move on from it. You know, they won't sit there and be down on themselves. They'll just, you know, catch it and move on. Um, and, and, you know, and if they do something really, really good, they're not too high either. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, they do something good. Hey, we, we are proud that we were able to get this done. All right, let's move on to the next one. So it's kind of like they, they are a stable regime, um, you know, early on where there isn't really too many highs or too many lows. They're just stable right in the middle. Absolutely. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland uh, podcast with special guest L.A. Broadus of the three-point conversion, uh, talking uh, Browns and Browns draft here. Uh, thoughts on what they did in free agency? You know, they got they scored a couple uh, signings that I really liked, and then they threw a lot of one-year darts and then came back and uh, on the defense side of the ball and then came back and got uh, Adrian Claiborne, which I liked a lot too. Um, thoughts on uh, the work they've done in free agency, L.A.? Um, I'm actually very, very pleased with what they did in free agency. They 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 address, uh, of course, needs right off the bat, you know, with Conklin. Um, you know, apparently, you know, we know how David Njoku is. We, we've seen his upside, and we also seen the pitfalls as well. So, right. you know, to, to go out and get Hooper and to do what they needed to do there, especially to fit in Kevin Stefanski's system, was actually a great move. Uh, as you mentioned, Claiborne was a great death piece because when we seen Miles Garrett go out after that Pittsburgh um, incident, there was nothing there on that line at all. You know, um, with Olivier Vernon being injured as well, Claiborne was a great death piece to add there. Um and then, like you said, they threw out a lot of one-year deals on the defense. You know, the Carl Joseph, which I, I absolutely love the move. Um, yeah, it was like a, it, yeah, it it was a lot of you know low-risk, high-reward type situation because I feel like if Carl performs, then they will talk to him as far as extending him. You know, maybe giving him a two, 
or three year deal. I don't see like a very you know a big long term contract, but I see them giving him maybe a two or three year deal if he's able to perform. So they they were able to sign people, you know, and not lock up their cap for future, and um you know and just kind of plug a lot of holes so they're not going into the draft with just absolutely glaring needs. Of course, we still got needs, but it's not like panic where we were, you know, before the free agency started. Yeah, there there was a couple positions where uh, there's only maybe only two or two or three guys in the room coming back, and none of them had played before. So, you know, I was happy. I agree with the Carl Joseph, Kevin Johnson. You know, both former first round picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, see what they can do, right? And uh, yeah, and definitely Claiborne. Uh, I really liked that signing. Uh, that one kind of came out of nowhere with all the other talk of Everson Griffin and and uh, Jadavian Clowney, and they may not be done there yet. You know, the way that this draft is uh, and everything is virtual right now, even in the in the off season, LA. You know, they can't. Nobody can get a a, uh, a trainer. You can't get you can't get your hands on any of these guys. So uh, that's what I feel like the Jadavian Clowney deal. Even you know, a lot of people feel like the Browns are at the forefront of that. Uh, I don't know if that'll happen or not, but I feel like, you know, you can't get your trainer to look at the guy who's coming off an injury, you know, what are you supposed to do, right? Uh, so it puts yeah. a lot of teams in tough positions there. Yeah, the the clowny signing or, you know, rumors or whatever like that, the, that's the one that I'm kind of questioning or scratching in my head a little bit because, mm-hmm. like you said, you can't really get your hands on a, a good physical for the guy. You don't you don't know what's really going on with him. Also, you're going to bring him in on a one-year deal. We already seen what kind of numbers he's looking at. You know, any I know he lowered it from the 20 million mark that he was looking for, but you know, still anywhere between that what 13 at at the low point, maybe around 15 to 17, really is a sweet spot. Yeah. But, you know, I look at our roster already, and we have a guy in Olivier Vernon who is getting paid that this year, who you already know his health, and, and, and you've already had your hands on him, and he's in the building already. So that that one right there, I'm, st- I'm still kind of trying to make sense of why they would bring in Clowney. Uh, you know, also, too, you know, I, I'm not sure how he is in the locker room as far as the – I guess overall culture that they're trying to build here. Uh, great so, point. So, That's a great point. You know, so there's a couple of question marks there with the clowny, um, you know, being linked to us. I, I just always kind of scratch my head a little bit with that one. The other name that has been linked a little bit to the Browns was Everson Griffin. Thoughts on him? Uh, with Everson, I, I think he would be a solid piece. Uh, again, it, it all just boils down to the numbers. And then um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, he he's also had some injury history as well. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, like you said, with, with all this going on, you don't know if these guys are healthy or not. And uh, a lot of times you you kind of just have to look in, internally, you know, for for that guy for you, maybe, you know, to step up and, and go from there before, uh, you know, you kind of take that uh, that chance. But, you know, for a Griffin and for a Clowney, I guess the silver lining with all of that is that uh, with with everything going on with the virus is that these guys are kind of at a at a stop right now. Yeah. Um, where, you know, previously they probably would have got scooped up pretty quick. You know, Clowney would have probably 
went on his countrywide, you know, free dinner and, and you know, <laughs> you know, um, with all these teams and everything and, and, yeah. and then, you know, played around and then all of a sudden then picked the team. Uh, same thing with Griffin possibly. But since that's all locked down, these guys are still going to be here, you know, after the draft. And, yeah, you know, post-draft, yeah. Yeah, and then to and then to you know getting in the training camp and stuff like that. So, I I figure that, you know, the Browns the reason why they probably haven't pulled the trigger yet is because they want to see what they can get out of the draft, and then they want to see how long this virus you know is gonna stick around as far as getting back up and op- operational, uh, for your training camps and stuff. And then you know, see what you got in training camp. You know what I mean? And then after that, you know, uh, especially with Griffin and and Clowney, pretty sure these guys aren't really trying to they're trying to skip as much, you know, as they can because, you know, they're they're veterans. So they're trying to skip as much as they can. So, you know, maybe, you know, it's an option. I think it's like a a last-ditch effort, you know what I mean, if you want to go ahead and bring them in. So it's really no rush for that. Yeah, I would agree. You know, they're in a weird position with the way Olivier Vernon's uh, contract pays out. You know, basically, you know, you could really – cut him and swap his contract for either of those guys, you know, if you had to, if you really said, you know, I value Griffin way more than I value Vernon. Uh, you could say, yeah, we'll give you, you know, $16 million for one year and, and cut Vernon and there's no dead cap in your, you know what I mean? It's an even trade money-wise, which is a weird situation. You don't come across that a lot in the NFL. Uh, the one thing about Vernon is I, I kind of, you know, I know he didn't have a great year, but I, you know he's a great locker room guy, right? You know he's mm-hmm. all in it for the team. You know uh, um, that he is coming off the books next year. You know, you're not going to have to sign him to a, a multiple-year deal and then try to get out of it uh, when you have to pay some other guys on your team. So I, I tend to kind of uh, lean that direction as well as kind of staying put, especially now that they added Claiborne. But it is, you know, it's intriguing. Those are intriguing names, Griffin and, uh, and Clowney. Those are intriguing names, certainly. Uh, so Absolutely. something to think about. Uh, so the NFL today, uh, L.A., uh, had their uh, mock virtual draft, Okay. And I'm going to read you what Diana Russini uh, tweeted out. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Texting with multiple uh, coaches and scouts, coaches, and GMs who are saying that bandwidth is a problem and there are many communication problems. (laughs) So uh, in the virtual mock draft that the NFL is doing, uh, seems to be some some problems with the Internet and uh, communication issues. Uh, Thoughts about this virtual draft and what should we expect? Uh, To be honest with you, I'm expecting a lot of cluster uh, Fs, if you want to say explicitive (laughs) words. Yeah. The 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 thing with bandwidth is is that you know the best internet connection out there is, is fiber optics, right? So yeah. Uh, but not everybody lives in a area that has fiber optics. So you're gonna have people Correct. that say in New York that's getting way better internet speeds than somebody that's living in, uh, you know, say some point in Minnesota. Because remember, it's not about where the facility is; it's about where their home is. Mm-hmm. So. Not everybody lives somewhere where they're getting their fiber optics and all of that. And uh, 
it, I, I expect everything to be pretty much like, which this is the one thing. I'm very surprised that they took this long to do a test. You know, they should have been testing, I feel, like weeks ago because we already knew that this it was going towards this. And then you guys test Monday, and the draft yeah. is on Thursday. Yeah. So doesn't give you a lot of time. Doesn't give you a lot of time at all. And like you said, you know, it's it's a it's messed up. It's messed <laughs> up. So you know now now you're scrambling. I'm pretty sure NFL IT is scrambling. <laughs> you know, everybody is like, oh my goodness, what's going on here? And um, th- this this should be. Again, for the people out there that kind of like to see a little bit of controversy, this should be fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it'll be very entertaining to watch because who knows what's going to happen. And it's my understanding that there, if there is some sort of connection problem, they're just going to stop the draft or whatever or extend people's time. I mean, that's yes. crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw that, that they said that they were allow people to be able to pause. And when I seen that, you know, they put that out a couple of days ago. Uh, when I seen that, I laughed because, uh, you know, that's a strategy. That's a loophole for teams. You know? Right. What the hell is the point in even having a clock then? Exactly. So, you know, all you got to do is just say, oh, wait, wait, hold on. Uh, Internet, you know. And, and the Internet is down. I got to make a couple more calls on this train. Right. Exactly. So uh, this is going to be extremely interesting. But what I will say is that I am extremely confident in the Browns because could you imagine Freddie Kitchens and John Dorsey trying to (laughs) (laughs) navigate through this? And and this is not a a big knock on them, but I mean, you know, they they weren't tech heads, you know what I mean? No. Um, But, you know, it's crazy that this is aligning the way it is as far as the regime that we have you know, extremely intelligent people and uh, and new age people, you know, to be able to navigate through this. So that's the one thing I can say that I, I feel like the Browns have a leg up on on people is that, you know, we are definitely in this in this decade <laughs> when it comes to technology. Um, so it should be fun for us, but it's, it's just going to be very interesting to see how other teams, uh, namely uh, <laughs> the Patriots, um, but uh, you yeah. know how they how they get through this and how they use loopholes. Yeah. Um, have you seen any of like uh, I know I watched uh, Thomas Dimitrov's. Uh, uh, I hope I said his name right. The Falcons GM. He was on Peter Kane's show, and he basically showed his setup. Uh, and I know they they showed some stuff on building the Browns last night. And I in the uh, I heard Stefanski talk about how they had backup uh, internet. So like if one goes down they have another connection there. Which is which is awesome, right? And great thinking ahead. And each guy is allowed one IT guy in the house, um, is my understanding, or each, you know, home. So it'll be interesting for sure, but the the setup at Dimitrov's house was ridiculous. I mean, three as big as screen TVs I've ever seen on the wall. Three touch screens, and then there's an AFC phone line, an FC phone line, and then a conference call uh, phone. Uh, and uh, but see, well, most of well, it though will be going through phones still. Well, see, that's the problem right there. What you just described. He's taking up all the bandwidth. <laughs> He's taking up all of Atlanta's bandwidth. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. No, you're right. Um, but the thing is, though, like. 
they got they've got hard lines in the house. It's like just pick up the phone for a lot of this stuff, you know. Um, I, I I don't you know pick up your cell phone. I mean I just don't. It doesn't have to be everything. Doesn't have to be a Zoom conference. Yeah, you might want to get a couple scouts on the line. You might want to get on there with your coach or whatever. But then, you know, when it comes down to sending in a pick, you're still picking up a hard line, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think that's that's what it would be. I, you know, I, I think I've seen a lot, and like you said, on um, building the Browns, like there, there, you know, there is a hard line. You can definitely use it. And then, uh, you, like you said, everybody has cell phones and different things like that. So, um, and I've seen another tweet also where I guess, you know, there's a, there's an actual like GM type meeting zoom thing or whatever that they were trying to test out. And, uh, that hit snags because everybody didn't know how to like mute themselves. And it was just, <laughs> that is serious issues with the mute. The mute yeah. could cause massive issues if, uh, Somebody thinks they're on mute and they're not, or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, and then right. information—that's <laughs> right. all bad. Right. Like, can you imagine the GM saying, "Like, yeah, man, we're about to fleece the Rams. Uh, we're gonna." <laughs> and then they're like, "Wait, I'm not. I'm not on mute. What?" <laughs> yeah. No, I'm dying to get this guy. We'll give up anything to get this guy. Right? Wait, what? Uh, right. Then so, they look yeah. down and they see all their phones lit light up and they like yeah. Everybody in the whole league is calling them. <laughs> it could, it could be crazy though, and you know there's some curmudgeons in the NFL that you know don't really know anything about this and they're going to need help with it all. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting for sure. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, and like you said, the most important thing is that the Browns are in a good position there. You know. Uh, Barry, you know, Andrew Barry, I think, uh, minored in, uh, computer science. So, um, yeah, those guys are on top of their game for sure. Uh, so for the Browns and you are listening to all eyes on Cleveland, uh, very special guest today, LA brought us, uh, of the three point conversion where he covers, uh, the Akron Zips, uh, Cavs and Browns. Um, and uh, today, uh, L.A., we're just kind of hashing it out here. The uh, the draft uh, itself, what's the Browns' best plan of action? Okay, so they sit there at 10. Uh, I don't know if you – did you hear any of Andrew Barry's? Uh, he, he got on today and talked to the press. Did you hear any of that? Yes, I did. Okay, so, yeah, he talked a lot about um, drafting – best player available, not drafting for need. Is that just a bunch of garbage as you're concerned? Because to me, when, when guys say that, that to me, you know, all GMs say that. But when it comes down to it, you have to take into account need, right? I mean, uh, let's be real. At 10, what do you expect the Browns to do? They, I mean, they should be going for a tackle, right, unless, like, maybe Simmons is there. What's your best plan of action? Well, I think the thing that he said was actually very accurate. Um, the thing is, is that the cool thing about this draft is, is that the the best player available probably will be a tackle. So, right. He, you know, he said what he what he meant, but at the same time, he didn't tip his hand. And that's the one thing I do like about Barry. And I mean, most GMs do this anyway, but they don't tip their hand as far as their draft strategy either way. 
But, you know, at the end of the day, like like you said, you know, best player available is going to probably be a tackle at that position. Uh, the one thing that's interesting that if you want to read in between the lines is that he said and said it time and time again is that they feel like they have great value at 10. So with a lot of rumors about, you know, the Browns possibly trading up to get their guy, that's the one thing I don't see happening. Uh, no. I, you know, I could see them possibly trading back, of course, yeah, uh, for for value because of, like I said, the the tackle uh, position is so deep. But he he is he looks like he's he's pretty good at sitting at ten. Um, and then again, uh, you know, a, a team ahead of us, the Jacksonville Jaguars, with them just releasing their best wide receiver on the roster uh, recently uh, today that even makes it better because now it looks like they possibly will be going for a wide receiver at that position. So uh, mm-hmm. it looks even better now that, that the Browns will get their guy at, at 10. That's a great point uh, about Jacksonville. Um, and uh, so let me ask you this. Let me throw this scenario at you because it's one that I read and I, I don't know whose mock it was. I should be crediting this mock. I saw a mock today where the Browns, they had the Browns taking C.D. Lamb at 10, um, which I love C.D. Lamb, but let's be real. That's not, you know, they need a wide receiver, but they don't need a wide receiver at 10. But, uh, you know what I mean? So um, if, what do you do if three of the, the, um, the top uh, four tackles are gone and the only one left is Makai Becton, uh, who just got flagged for a diluted sample. Uh, he's probably going to fall a little bit. Uh, you know, it's hard to understand all that because I think next year, right, you know, weed is going to be legal. So really what I, – I, I don't – you know what I mean? Really what does that matter? But still they're talking about him falling a little bit um, or they're not going to test for, for marijuana, right? So – uh, and under the new CBA, and then so it's uh, then they're left, and Simmons is gone too. Would you trade back in that situation? You think? Well, a couple of things, real quick. It, um, you know, they 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 will still test for marijuana. It's just the fact that they won't go into the the stages of the the you know the program, you know, the punishment program. You know how you go to stage one, stage two, yes, and all of that. So they'll still test for it, but they won't enter the stages. The thing about Makai Beckton's sample, diluted sample, is that uh, as far as what I was seeing, is that they they might move him into stage one. Uh, it's still very you know cloudy and no pun intended, but it's still kind of cloudy <laughs> as far as uh, as far as what uh, you know how serious it is. I know a lot of people initially said you know hey it's probably marijuana, but I, I have been hearing some things that you know they were going to move him into stage one. So if that is the case. And like I said, don't you know? Don't quote don't quote me on this necessarily. But if they do move him into stage one, then it is something a lot, you know, stronger than marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if their guy is not there at ten, you know, if he's taken, then I would absolutely move back because there is some other tackles that they have been linked to, you know, especially uh, you know Ezra Cleveland, as for mm-hmm. example. I like Josh uh, so, Jones too. Yeah. Yeah, so if they if they feel like they can get by, um, because Ezra Cleveland is a great prospect. You know, I, I actually was able to listen to, a, um, or not listen, but watch a little bit of his tape. 
And, uh, you know, with having a guy like Bill Callahan, um, you know, with us, you know, he can be, he can be coached up. So, uh, you know, if you can move back, go ahead and get, you know, go ahead and move back, you know, grab Ezra Cleveland and then go ahead and maybe ring up the phone and, and try to get, uh, you know, maybe um, Peters in for, for a year or two um, or, you know, or see what Washington is still looking at with, when it comes to Trent Williams. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. You know, that's an interesting uh, way to look at it, and I think that's what it could come down to if all three were gone. Now, more than likely, LA, I agree with you that they're they'll be fine there. I think that either Will Thomas or Worfs, one of those three, I think, will be there at ten. More than likely, um, I don't think Simmons will be there. Uh, who you know, I would take if he was there at ten, but uh, you know. I think one of them will be there. But if they weren't, you could trade back and do that thing. If you did have to do that, would you rather have Peters or Trent Williams? I would rather have Peters, I think, at this point. Yeah, I would rather have Peters just because you don't have to give up anything. Um, and, like, you, you know, you could just sign them to a one- or two-year deal, you know, really quickly. Uh, I don't want to pay Trent Williams all that money for not knowing what he's going to be able to do. Exactly. That's the thing with Trent Williams is that, you know, first of all, if you look over his entire career, he's always injured. You know, every year he's he's injured somehow, some way, uh, you know, one, two games, three games, something like that. Then, of course, missing all of last year, uh, that's that's a huge red flag because we don't know how, how he's going to come back. Now, I, I know that he has a, a stellar, um, you know, reputation and all of that and you know mm-hmm. he he is a he is a great tackle he is but for me not to have seen this man for an entire year and then on top of that now with the virus I can't put my hands on him and, and see what's going on um I know we have the inside track you know because we have some skin personnel on our, on our staff now but at the same time that that is just you, you're gonna have to give up assets and then mm-hmm. you're gonna also have to sign him I I, I don't like that absolutely can't be can't be making more holes. It's got to be plugging holes. At least that's how I feel at this point uh, in the process. Um, certainly, and, and the money is just you know you got to be careful with the money, especially coming up. We got a lot of guys to pay here in the future, so it's interesting. Uh, let me ask you this, La Dan uh, Labe Lab Dan Lab uh, uh, on Twitter. Um, said one common theme in what Barry and D. Podesta have said is they don't necessarily expect instant impact from their draft picks. Um, I found that to be kind of false statement. Uh, so you would expect whoever you get at 10 or even if you trade back later in the first round to probably start um, in less you know, it's a tackle and you bring in Peters or something like that. But at 41, 74, and 97, I expect to come away with starters. Uh, and I'm and I'm targeting that safety linebacker area especially. How do you feel about um, what the Browns should be going after uh, in rounds two and three? Yeah, I feel in, in rounds two or three, you know, safety and linebacker has to be a priority right there. Uh and and like I said, this is a no knock on Mac Wilson because of course you already seen he will 
reply back if you uh if you're looking down <laughs> on him <laughs> which I thought was extremely funny um him him clapping back and saying that you know look I'm taking notes and I'm gonna hang this up in my locker mm. uh so you know I I love Matt Wilson the player for real uh but yeah we do need some more help there um but but at the same time you know safety is is a, an extreme concern especially when you're looking at possibly like the the free safety area. Yes. Yeah. Uh you know, I, I want Redwine to come along and I and I hope that he makes that jump, but it, it's it's not a guarantee, right? So um if if we can go ahead and, and address that free safety, um the linebacker it's kinda weird because, you know, you look at it and you want you want Saki Taki to make that next step, right? To make that jump. Um you you think that Goodson is definitely a, a a good piece to add, but at the same time, like you you're looking for something a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, dynamic. You know, something that is just going to stand out. You, you're like, man, this guy is going to just punish people. But I, I will say all that to say this is that if you look at say the Chiefs and some of these other teams, they're not really valuing the linebacker position. I think the way that that media and that we look at it. Uh, it's kind of like they kind of feel that, you know, hey, if I can just plug this with some decent, you know, coverage linebackers, uh, you know, some athletes that can that can cover the middle for us, um, then we'll be okay. So, you know, m- maybe I, I think that they, they kind of look more towards the safety spot there in the, in the second round. And yeah. they, might take the, they might take the linebacker, you know, depending on who's there, of course, but – they might look at the linebacker maybe in the fourth or fifth. Yeah, that's that's true. So, you know, and you can tell me how your needs break down here, but I, but I go, you know, obviously tackle, then safety, then linebacker, and then I actually have wide receiver on there because, I, and I'll, I'll tell you why. It's basically because I watched Baker play with a bunch of uh, fringe uh, roster guys all through the preseason and camp last year and then you know it was like a just a waste of a bunch of reps right because you know uh Beckham and Landry come back and and so I feel like they need to have a third wide receiver that they know can contribute at least on the field with them um and uh so so I and I it's a deep wide receiver class too I think you can get a big uh, a bigger wide receiver to add and at least get in the mix there in the you know fourth or, or fifth round or, or do they have I don't think they have a fifth do they they don't uh, or sixth round but uh, they have the two thirds as well I I want them to address safety LA uh, in the second round because this safety class I think uh, I love the top five any of the top five or six safeties in this class. Um, are gonna are studs, uh, and I think you can get your starting free safety at uh, 41, and um, and you match him up with uh, with Carl Joseph on, on the strong side, and I think that you're all of a sudden looking a lot better back there. Taki Taki, same thing with you. I don't know if he's ready yet. Goodson can play the run real well, but but. Uh, He's going to struggle in coverage. Uh, he's not really a starting caliber player, in my opinion. Um, so I feel like you have to address that as well, at least in the – I'd like to see them address it in the third round. 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely see that happening. And, you know, you bringing up wide receiver, there is a lot of <laughs> – there's a ton of wide receivers. So many wide um, receivers. <laughs> and um, – and they're and they're big guys too, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was just looking up, you know, some people, and I'm like, man, I'm seeing six four, you know, six six, and you know, people don't realize that, you know, Jarvis and Odell is like five eleven, mm-hmm. and that's being, that's being frank because you know I remember uh, interviewing Odell, and like I'm five nine, and like me and him was like looking eye to eye. So I was just like, yeah, you're not as tall as they're saying you are, maybe with cleats on or something like that, but you're not that tall. But, you know, it's just even a more of an amazing testament as far as what he's able to do being, you know, that, that size. But, um, but yeah, we, we need a big body guy. Uh, you know, I've, I've been tracking and, and kind of borderline stalking Richard Higgins, uh, you know, social media. And it mm. seems like, you know, as of right now, he's still operating as if he is a Brown. Uh, which is kind of weird because, you know, you you see most athletes, if, if they don't sign back or if you have any kind of discord with the team, you know, they, they what, strip everything down and it's like one post on there. and Yeah. You know, they go dark. Remember how, you know, Duke Johnson used to do it and everybody yep. used to go crazy, crazy on Brown's Twitter about it. Um, but, you know, Rashard Higgins hasn't done that. You know, he, he commented on the, on the uh, jerseys. You know, he said he loved them. Uh, you know, he still has all his brown stuff up and everything. So I'm I'm just kind of wondering, if, you know, what they're trying to do there and, and actually what is his market because he hasn't been snatched up by anybody else. Yeah. So I can't you, imagine you know, his market. Weird. I can't imagine L.A. that his market is very high. Um, and at this point, and I would love to have him back, big fan of Higgins. Uh, had my free hashtag free Higgins up on my Twitter page all year. Uh, I, I love him and, and would love to have him back. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it just it makes too much sense. I mean, unless his number is just astronomically crazy. But I mean, we've seen what Baker was able to do with Higgins. Uh, we've seen even when Freddie wouldn't even play him, but you know that one time he was able to get back in, he gets a touchdown catch. Uh, to you know he win the he's game. Literally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he literally uh, just loves Higgins. Like, that's his connection. So, um, you know, hopefully we're we're hoping that, you know, the Higgins-Baker turns into the Odell-Baker. But, uh, you know, that that's still a head-scratcher, man. And, you know, I, I like Higgins a lot, and, you know, I hope he comes back. But if not, like you, you know, like we said, you know, this wide receiver class is deep, and, yeah, we need some height. Uh, we need a We need a big guy. Uh, you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. Special guest L.A. Broadus of the Three Point Conversion. Uh, real quick, L.A. So you got to interview Odell, huh? Yes, uh, I was actually at the Browns training camp last year, and uh, yeah, I got a chance to catch up with him, uh, Sheldon Richardson. You know, a lot of guys. Uh, you know, a part of the team. Great experience. That's awesome. Good stuff, man. Uh, good stuff. So uh, on the uh, topic of Odell, Mike Freeman uh, has come out and uh, said that um, even though these Vikings, uh, I wrote an article about the uh, about silly season in the NFL uh, mm-hmm. at BrownsWire.com and, and the Vikings trade rumors and stuff are not true and were kind of, uh, you know, re- rebuffed, uh, debunked, if you will. 
but he went on to say Beckham will eventually be traded. He doesn't fit in the Browns' offense. Uh, he's highly demanding of the quarterback, uh, and he will only fit with a highly accurate quarterback. Uh, the league trend is to not value talent at the wide receiver like it used to. Uh, Diggs, see uh, uh, Diggs, Hopkins, Cooks, etc. Um, he is uh, a uh, uh, seen as selfish, and uh, injuries uh, show that he is breaking down. Only playing 32 of his last 48 games since 2017. That's what Freeman said. Um, here, here's what I'll say, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Okay. Uh, I I do not think they will. So he says, you know, Beckham will eventually be traded. So for me, that's kind of semantics, right? Like, I don't think he's going to be traded this year. I think they've made it pretty clear they want him to be a part of what they're doing this year. But you can't go on year after year with two guys making $14 million at wide receiver, and I would rather keep Landry. So in the future, maybe I don't I don't think it's this year. But in the next couple of years, I could see that happening. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, to say that Odell will be traded eventually is putting the most blanket statement ever. Right. You know, right. just trying to, you know, I think I tweeted about it and I said that this was like a last-ditch Hail Mary, right? Because all the Browns came out and, and, and debunked it. Um, even the Vikings came out and said that this is completely false. So it's like, okay, look, let me just throw a last-ditch Hail Mary out there yeah, uh, you know, to try to, I ain't going to say save face because I, I, I do respect Mike Freeman, but I mean, come on now, every player could be eventually traded. I mean, that's just literally the most blanket statement you can throw out there. Now we, we know that it's going to come. Okay. Because when we traded for Odell and we've seen the numbers on his contract and you see in the NFL, the way it is when a team has a high paid wide receiver, we, you know, you can't really even name the last time a high-paid wide receiver won a Super Bowl, right? Like it just doesn't. Right. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen that way. The teams aren't structured that way. So we know eventually it's going to come to an end. But the one thing that I did say is this: is that I feel that when that time comes, like when they brought in Odell, and I know this regime didn't, but when they brought in Odell, they knew that him and Landry because of their relationship together would pretty much be like a kind of a, like a package deal. Right. Yeah. So when the time comes that they, they, that they got to move Odell, I think that's the time. That's when the, when they, when the Browns say, Hey, you know what, let's go ahead and get younger at this wide receiver position because Jarvis is you know, has been injured as well. Odell has been injured. So let's go ahead and get younger at this position. Let's go ahead and get a little bit cheaper. Let's go ahead and bring in, you know, some guys. And it's crazy because, with this draft being the way that it is, this would have been the perfect draft, right, to replace these guys. But we have them. They're locked in. And, you know, just as, you know, Barry and Deepa Desta had came out and said, you know, we built a core, we're building a core, and we're not going to take away from that core. That makes no sense. So as of right now, this is the way that the this is the way that the team is constructed. And you can have those, you know, position players be what they are and get paid what they are right now with Baker being on that rookie contract. But when the time comes, when it's time to pay Baker, they're going to definitely change, and, and this roster is going to look a lot different. Great point. Great point. Absolutely. Um, L.A., uh, 
we'll wind things down here. A couple more questions for you, and I'll let you go. You've been fantastic today, uh, and we appreciate you coming on All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, jerseys, React, what do you think? Do you like them? Uh, I wasn't even a big jersey guy, right? I, I, I didn't really <laughs> care too much. I mean, the jerseys that I own, uh, to be honest with you, I own the – I own the Jim Brown jersey, which is the old-looking jersey, so I guess that that's what's in. But I, you know, I owned a Jim Brown jersey, and then I owned a uh, a, a, a Hayden jersey as well. Uh, crazy enough, and and when I bought it, then he got traded the next year. So yeah, you right. know that's always a risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I got it because you know he's Ohio State and everything. So um, or no, not Ohio State, but uh, you know, I just liked him. So anywho. I figured that, you know, when it comes to purchasing a jersey, you kind of have to go behind and, and just figure out, like, okay, look, I'm I'm just going to sell on it. But as far as the, the look and the prototype, it's very clean, very simplistic. Um, and, you know, just everything that, you know, uh, J.W. Um, Johnson said, you know, um, yeah, they just wanted to get back to the roots and, and just and just be clean. So I, I have no problems with the jersey. Like I said, I, I really wasn't all that like hype and ready for it. I was just glad that they that the reveal happened because I was tired of seeing it on my timeline to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody had everybody. Everybody yeah. had their own mock ups of uh, what they thought it was gonna be. Yeah, that was getting a little annoying. Yeah, it it was definitely annoying, especially since, you know, with the virus and everything, nobody else had nothing else to talk about except for these daggone jerseys. So I was just glad that the reveal happened. You know, everybody, you know, either came together for that one split second or, you know, people still complained. And then after that, it kind of just died down. So I'm glad that's over with. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with the jerseys. I have no issues with them whatsoever. And uh, at the end of the day, it's just about getting out there and winning football games because I really feel that, you know, teams that argue about jerseys and all these other little nitpick things around it, their teams aren't winning, right? So when when your team is winning, those things don't really matter. True. Very true. Distraction, right? Uh, let's uh, stay focused on what really matters. And with that, uh, that brings me to my final question for you today, L.A. Uh, what are your expectations for this team? It appears that the front office, feels like they can win now, at least that's the way they're they're operating in my opinion. Uh what's your, what are your expectations for this team? Again, I, I, I really am trying to not you know have any, <laughs> I'm any trapping super, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to have any super high hopes. Uh of course I want to see the draft and, and, and see what they're able to add and then you know there's so much other stuff that goes into it roster cut down and all of that. Um, but as a preliminary kind of thing, I, especially with them adding that extra playoff spot, I, I, I really feel like they should get in this year. Me too. Me too, man. Me too. I agree. I, you know, I hate saying it because it's like a curse, right? Knock on wood. And, uh, but you know, I, I just feel like, uh, they're operating like a playoff team right now, in my opinion, and, and it's just about – it's really about Baker, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. It's going to – it's gonna, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, even though the, the cool thing about Stavansky is that, you know, his, his offense is generated off of the run. So, you know, the, the – you know the the play fakes and the, and you know the play action is going to be extremely mm-hmm. huge 
Um, and I think that this will get – this will not expose Baker as much as it did last year. You know, I think this offense is going to really protect him, you know, adding the tight ends, having – the stable of running backs that we have, there's going to be a lot of, a, a lot of dump offs, a lot of, you know, different things, a lot of quick reaction. Um, like I said, a lot of play action, a lot of runs that I think will really protect Baker and insulate him. So then when it is time for him, you know, to make some plays, he'll be able to do it. And I think he'll be able to just process it little bit by little bit and kind of grow within, you know, within the game um, while he's playing it. And I, and I think that this is probably one of the best, you know, offices that he can he can really sign up for. I mean, it's not going to – it's going to be complicated, but it's going to look, you know, simple uh, to a lot of people. And um, I think it's really built for him to, to succeed. I mean, if he doesn't – I'll put it like this. If he doesn't do it this year, Brad, then we, we, we have a problem. Houston, we have a serious problem because serious now problem. we're going to be looking at Okay, who's the who's the next quarterback coming up? Like, and, and yep. we're gonna be we're gonna be doing it all over again. Yeah, unfortunately, it is a major brain tape here for Baker, especially with Dorsey gone, the guy that drafted him. Right, um, you know, you don't have that protection anymore, and you're putting him in an offense that really should placate to his strengths. And um, and he should, I, I think he'll be fine this year. I think he bounces back and looks good this year. Uh, that's just how I feel. Uh, you know, I've been happy, L.A., that he's been relatively quiet for the most part. Uh, that's, that's a change, and I think that's a, a little bit of a, a uh, sign of maturity. Let's let's uh, at least I, I'm hoping that's what it is. Absolutely. Well, L.A., you were fantastic, great points, great insight. You're a gentleman and a scholar. I'm a fan, and I'm sure you need a bunch of uh, more fans today on the show. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, everybody can go to The Three Point Conversion. They can follow you on Twitter, at L.A. underscore Brodus, and that's B-R-O-A-D-U-S uh, on Twitter. And uh, thank you very much, sir. we we got to do this again. Absolutely. Anytime. And, uh, and thank you for having me on and, uh, you know, everybody out there just, you know, stay safe, including you, uh, prayers to you and your family, you know, that y'all stay safe and, and stay sane, you know, during this. And, and we, uh, we'll be talking, man. We, we have a, a big, uh, a big day coming up on Thursday, so it should be fun. Yes, sir. It, it will be fun. And, uh, thank you again. Have a good All one. Right. Stay safe. Thank you. That was the very special L.A. Broadus of the three-point conversion as we broke down everything that you want to know about the Browns draft coming up on Thursday. Got to the ins and outs of the roster, plan of action, uh, top men over in Cleveland, uh, Stefanski and Barry and uh, what we thought of uh, their 
trip through free agency. Uh, hit on all points there with L.A. He is uh, excellent. I urge you to follow him on Twitter at L.A. underscore Broadus, B-R-O-A-D-U-S, and check his workout at the three-point conversion. Well done, Mikey, on the uh, ins and outs, the ones and twos, sir. Good job. Uh, you also are a gentleman and a scholar. Oh, man! Yes. Uh, so let's uh, get into a couple things here we wanted to cover here on All Eyes on Cleveland, the podcast. Uh, I am Brad Ward, your host. That was our interview with L.A. Broadus of Three Point Conversion. Um, wanted to hit on a couple things here tonight. Um before we go uh, off the air as uh, the interview was a nice, uh, juicy, long one there. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Virtual off-season begins today. Huge question mark there. What does that mean? What in God's name does that mean? It is that the Browns' virtual off-season begins today. So uh, what we can take away from this is that basically at this point, uh, access to players, player meetings, uh, virtual team meetings. If you can do it, get all, your entire team uh, on on a Zoom or whatever it may be. You can you can have positional meetings. You can talk with your head coach, any coach. All of that is free and good to go. Now, uh, meetings, meetings, meetings is where all this work is going to be done. Uh, workout plans will be given out to the players. Stuff that maybe they can do in their backyard or the few that have gyms. Uh, and things like that uh, can access and get get to work on some of the stuff that their position coaches want them to work on physically uh, as they start to get in shape here. Uh, playbooks, uh, I believe, are out, and uh, they get those uh, Microsoft Surface uh, is uh, um, which is what the NFL uses for everybody. They can go back and watch uh, plays. They can take a look at what the playbook is, uh, start to learn route combinations, uh, run plays, everything. It's all there and examples of plays for them to watch uh, and then go talk about with their coaches. So uh, even though the virtual, it's all virtual still, uh, the virtual offseason has begun today. So there's, there's what that means uh, in a nutshell. Uh, we talked about Rashad Higgins, um, you know, in the interview. Uh, it is interesting what L.A. said about him still having all his Brown stuff up, commenting on the jerseys. Browns still need a third receiver. Let's talk about, okay, so in the mock drafts that I've seen today, multiple I see Mackay Becton being uh, on multiple mock drafts today, being uh, mocked to the Browns at ten. Uh, I don't see that happening. I, I would be su- I, w- I would be shocked if the Browns took uh, Becton. I think they like the other guys better, uh, and I think if they were left with, I think they would take Thomas. I think if they were left with just Becton, they would probably trade back. Maybe, um, you know. This is what I can gather uh, from the situation. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, you know, originally, Becton was, you know, up there at 
four and five and and being mopped higher they have him falling and the browns taking him at 10 maybe that's a good thing but i i just think his size uh and, and he's an incredible athlete but the size and and the breakdown there physically um it scares me a little bit, and I, I wonder how the Browns look at that as well. So that's something to keep in mind, uh, but I, I don't see them taking Becton, potentially a trade back there. What I really want to focus on is what they do uh, at 41. It's 41? Yeah, at 41, which is, let's see here. Uh, ahead of them in the second round, it goes uh, Cincy, Indy, Detroit, New York Giants, L.A. Chargers, Carolina, Miami, Houston, which is a, a from Arizona pick, and then the Cleveland Browns at 41. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, ninth pick in the second round. So uh, I would like them more than anything to address safety here and here's why a lot of these safeties they're this the safety class at the top is excellent i mean we're talking we need a free safety if you're going to play carl joseph on the strong side but there are guys that are interchangeable up there uh xavier mckinney antoine winfield to be the the top two um i think and I would really, really, really like them if they could get Winfield Jr. at 41. That would be amazing because this guy is a baller. The real deal, uh, can, you know, can cover the slot, flies up in the box, plays faster than 4-4-5. I mean, he is, he is a, uh, an excellent tackler. Um, everything that you want in a free safety uh, you know, probably the best safety out of them all in, in you know, ball skills. Uh, this guy is the real deal. And if the Browns could get him at 41, that'd be terrific. And in a mock I was just looking at, he's taken at 53. At other mocks, I've seen him mock to the Browns at 41. So if Winfield Jr., Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota is there, that I'd be running to the podium. In this case, you know, quick dialing, speed dialing uh, up the uh, commish and entering that pick for Winfield Jr. Xavier McKinney, say Winfield's gone. Xavier McKinney, same thing. Uh, Interchangeable guy. Can play free safety, can play strong safety, can cover the slack, can play the run. He's comfortable up in the box. Like him. Uh, and then you've got a couple other guys here uh, that I like at safety that I would be happy with at 41. I uh, just want to mention them real quick. Uh, as you have Julian Blackman of Utah and Kyle Duggar of Lenore Rhine, uh, which is, I think, maybe a D2 school. But uh, like Kyle Duggar's game, like Blackman's game, McKinney and Winfield are a different level. Uh, I like Delpit. Played with that high ankle sprain um, for half the year. Uh, you know, he did that pro day I mentioned a couple weeks ago on the show. Um, and it's though when you go to the tape, though, he's he lacks some of the explosion and the and the quickness that Winfield and McKinney 
display. Now, can that be attributed to the injury is the ultimate question. Because uh, I like a lot of his tape, but some of it, uh, he, he struggles open field tackling more than, than Winfield and McKinney. And when you take a guy like McKinney who's played at Alabama, you know he you know, you know he's gonna be coached up the right way. Um, and so but those are some names at safety. Winfield, uh, McKinney are the best two, Julian Blackman, Kyle Duggar, maybe Delp it up there with Winfield and McKinney, but it's hard to evaluate knowing that he was playing with that high ankle sprain how much does that affect his explosion um his ability his quicks his ability to put the foot his foot in the ground and, and drive on the ball uh so that stuff is important another name we want to bring out here uh jeremy chin from southern illinois is a guy who's super duper athlete explosive athlete could play safety or linebacker so when we talk about 41 and and wanting to address you know opposite carl joseph i i want a starting free safety here uh and then immediately you know in the following rounds you've got to address linebacker in my opinion for sure uh you look at chin he he's potentially a guy uh with the versatility to do both I don't know if he solves one problem or the other, which is kind of where I would lean towards if Winfield or McKinney is there. To me, those are plug-and-play guys at free safety, and uh, and and you got an excellent player in place there where you're solving problems on your roster uh, like with one pick. Um, the comment about guys not making – uh, you know, a lot of influence that they pick, I, I find is nonsense because when you're looking at Taki Taki, he hasn't shown me he's ready. I love Mac Wilson, but he he's gonna he's gonna get better. But I love Mac Wilson. He's gonna play start obviously, uh, and then you have Goodson. I, he's not a starter really in my book. So, uh, yeah. They may need to start here and there, but uh, I feel like you need to look in the third round for a potential starter at linebacker to go with Mac Wilson. Also, in some research, wanted to bring this up, uh, Nigel Bradham has been linked to the Browns. First time I saw it, I saw it today, uh, that they potentially have some interest in Nigel Bradham, which would be a great get uh, as far as a uh, linebacker that could uh, come in um, and start right away. Uh, so Nigel Bradham, keep your eyes on that as another free agent out there that potentially um, the Browns could look at to fill holes at that uh, linebacker position. But I uh, really wanted to focus on 41. I feel like that is the spot where you can get 
the, the premier safeties in this draft are going to be around in that area. And uh, you can grab one of them there and have a starter for years in that position and really put that to rest. Uh, and I think that's really important for the Browns. Um, anything else tonight, Mikey, before we get up and out of here? I know there was something else I was going to talk about. Uh, like Malik Harrison, uh, as far as a, a linebacker, um, the he's moving up boards. Uh, so Ohio State guy there, potentially. Uh, you know, I don't know if he'll be around in the fourth round, though. Um, you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. The podcast had a great interview with L.A. Brought us of the three-point conversion. Breaking down pick 41 for you. Kind of my plan of action there where you, that's to me. Uh, I know they're going to, you know, that you talked to Andrew Berry, talked a lot about picking uh, best player available. Uh, but really, uh, if you look there, uh, at 41 seems like a really prime spot to get a top tier or one of the best safeties in this draft. Antoine Winfield, Xavier McKinney, uh, a couple other names I gave you there. Uh, Grant Delpit, depending on you know uh, how you evaluate his tape, uh, taking into account the high ankle sprain he played with for the second half of the season. That is a plug. Uh, your starting lineup, those guys are plug your starting lineup type guys that you can get at 41. Um, and that is a important position, at least I think that they need to fill. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really, it's nothing against the guy, but Sendejo, uh, is a special teams guy, a guy that can come out and play here and there in, in different uh, sub packages, but you know, a true free safety, uh, not so much. And a guy that uh, it, I want to start for years. That forty-one is ideal for that that pick this year. Eyeing really Antoine Winfield Jr. If he's around right there. So hope you enjoyed the interview tonight. As we are closing in on Thursday, we will have huge interviews surrounding the draft uh, next week as well to follow up on everything that the Browns do. Um, and I hope that you uh, enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, make sure you go check it out at uh, thebrownswire.com. Uh, it'll be released there, dropped there tomorrow morning. It's USA Today Sports Media Group's page. It's where I write. You can check out my article on Silly season and the Beckham trade rumors uh, I wrote this week that's available there plus Jeff Risden is pumping out content there all the time uh, big thanks to L.A. Brodus uh, pardon me Brodus I keep saying his name wrong at the three point conversion go check him out what a great guy great interview and this has been another episode of All Eyes on Cleveland you can go to All Eyes on Cleveland cleveland.com that's the website and if you have a favorite place uh that you listen uh to your podcasts so like an itunes or a uh 
whatever, a uh, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, Radio.com. If you listen to podcasts there, we're there. Go hit the subscribe button and tune in. We'll be doing nothing but bringing you the top personalities, intriguing personalities, uh, guys that know what they're talking about uh, on the Cleveland sports landscape. Excited for the 2020 NFL virtual draft uh where we're going we don't need roads uh this has been another edition of all eyes on cleveland thanks to mikey thanks to la we are out